Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Crush Cast. Repeat presenter Andrew Flores, regional honor advisor. Andrew, welcome to the Crush Cast. Always a pleasure, Jim. Thanks for having me. Let me go back to the Honor Guard meeting in San Diego and your experience being honored as a regional honor advisor. What was that like? Well, it was definitely one of the highlights of my career, I can tell you that. You know, it's one of those things that this particular one was special to me because it was something awarded from my peers uh, and from the management team of which I have the utmost respect for. So being, you know, even considered as a nominee for that award was just extremely humbling and gratifying in the sense of people recognizing the work that my team does. And my only reservation, my only regret, I guess, is that I didn't have my whole team there. And so, although yeah. it's my name on the on the award, I really have to give credit to my entire team and staff, top to bottom, that allowed me to go up there and um, take the uh, uh, the award and and be recognized in such manner. So it was it was a great experience and um, definitely a career highlight. It's my favorite night, my favorite equitable night of the year. Let's talk about your team. You, you referenced your support team. How many support team members do you have? We're up to about 11 now. Uh, we have basically a you know three-tiered org chart between senior advisors uh, and then also uh, licensed advisors, pair planners, and support staff. So um, it's really, you know, it, it takes the whole team to be able to facilitate and deliver the client experience and product that we bring to the market. And I could not do that without them. I've watched your producer group and it seems like everybody that joins gets a significant bump year after year. That never is an accident. What's behind that? Can you talk to maybe some principles that are at play that are driving this group-wide increase in performance? Sure. I, I think it's it's exactly that. It's having established systems and processes that we know works. It allows us to scale and also do it effectively so that we have advisors that we can plug and play, bring into our system, and allow them to reach their full potential and provide the full value to their client. So complex sales, simplicity scales. Now, you're very purposeful about joint work. I remember having a discussion with you where you were talking about the number of advisors and the number of meetings that you do that are joint. Can you share what your process is like? Yeah, so, you know, I kind of think of myself as a general contractor. And so what my job is to do is to be a connector and ultimately connect the right people to the right ideas, whether that's client-facing or advisor-facing. And so when we look at a job or a task that's needed to be completed, I try to look up and down our team's lineup to put the best people in the best position to take advantage of their applicable skill sets. Now, we have advisors that have been two years in the business and all 20 years in the business. And so what I've learned is we all have advantages depending on our length of service or our specialized skill set. So I just try to place the right people in position so that we can win the business, provide a great experience, and do it in a cost-effective manner. I know that you are a car buff. Have you been able to integrate your love of the automobile into your business to any degree? Uh, 
So a couple of years ago, one of my business coaches said, you know, when you can find an intermingled purpose, passion, and profit, you'll be in your zone of brilliance and your life will be that much more gratifying and it will actually give you energy versus taking it away. So I really took that to heart. Um, car and, and auto racing has been a really big passion of mine. Now, I'm just curious, and this is a question of spectacular ignorance. Like when when you are racing a car, how fast are you going? Well, we were on public roads, Jim, so we always okay. keep it within five miles of the speed limit. Okay, fair um, enough. <laughs> but in race conditions, yeah, in, in race conditions, you know, look, uh, there's uh, it's speed is measured in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's measured in top speed, but you know, during F one, it's measured in lap times, for example. And so people always ask, how fast do you go? Or what, and usually they mean, what's the top speed? Now, to me, to really uh, just disconnect from some of the grind of the, of the day and, and uh, just get out there and be free. That's cool. Let's reflect. You were the chair of the NAF. Just for a moment, what were some highlights and learning experiences from that leadership role? Well, you know, I, I, the year I was the chair was also a very challenging year, as you know, Jim. It was it was the COVID year, and yeah. so I learned that I learned that, you know, as as leaders, you have to make decisions and you got to make them fast. Not everyone's going to agree with you, but you make the best decision you can with the information that you have at the time, and um, you know, you got to bring others with you to. Uh, to get behind that decision that you made. So, you know, being, being decisive, um, making quick decisions, and then also any major decisions, I make them before lunch. I believe in decision-making fatigue. And so uh, anything that was, that was very important was made before lunchtime. I, I've not heard that before. Big decisions before lunch. <laughs> Closing question for you. I saw you on the panel at the NLF. And you're constantly making adjustments and tweaks to your business model. It seems like you're constantly working on improving. Do you have any major objectives or major changes that you're planning on driving in 2023? Yeah, I think what we're doing now in 2023 really goes through a couple things. Obviously, navigating through markets still. You know, we all know that volatility is the price that we pay to grow well. But when you're in the trenches taking grenades, it's challenging. So keeping clients on that path and keeping them disciplined. But also, I would say we're gearing up for um, one of the you know the major tax reform that's coming in at the end of 2025 to make sure that assets are properly located so that uh, you know that we, we can diffuse this tax Armageddon that we think is coming uh, when the uh, when the when the when the, the law sunset. We're just gearing up, gearing up for the tax Armageddon. I always enjoy connecting with you. You always have a ton of energy, an amazing turn of phrase. Chair of the NAF, regional honor advisor, principal of a firm, and race car driver. Awesome discussion, Andrew. Thanks for all you do.